So our next guest is the director of Big Johnson's uh, tour in Scotland, and he's currently the 2020 Scottish Par 3 champion. Welcome, John Henry. Thank you, David. Thanks for having me on, uh, David and Darren. How are you doing? Yeah, we're looking forward to this. It'll be good. Yeah, we've heard, we've heard a lot of positive things from but a lot of the people that have been on before kind of complimenting the tour and obviously yourself and they've, they've been recommending having you on as a guest. So we've been looking forward to getting this chat. Brilliant. Uh, Thank you. So John, you're obviously not a local lad to the Northeast, but uh, you've been a regular feature amongst the Tartan Pro Tour events. And I mean, you finished pretty well in the order of as well. So tell us a little bit about where you, where you're originally from and how you kind of get into the game. Um, so I'm from a place just west of Glasgow called Claybank. Um, I got into the game of golf through my dad uh, before I was born at the golf club that I now I've played at ever since I started golf. Um, he put me on the waiting list. So at that time, golf was absolutely booming. So it was nine, ten years waiting list to get into golf. And when I was six, he got the call saying, that's your boy John up to get into the golf club. My dad went, oh, that's amazing, but he's only six. Mm-hmm. So the secretary at the time, Bill Manson, he's no longer with us, says, well, we normally don't let anyone in, any juniors in under nine for some, I don't know what the reason was, but I'm sure this is a exceptional cause, we'll let them in, because you would never mm-hmm. get in under nine years uh, with a waiting mm-hmm. list kind of time mm-hmm. thing. So mm-hmm. uh, I got into the game of golf that way. I, didn't really take to it that much. My dad took me to the golf every day after nursery, after school. He played five days a week, two rounds, 10 rounds a, a week kind of thing. So he's a mad keen golfer. So I was either um, walking around or he eventually built a wee buggy thing that clipped on his electric trolley. So wow. it had an old go-kart seat that he had drilled onto the, the wood that he had connected nice. to the back of the trolley. So he could either stand on it or sit on it. And that was me every day after school and nursery and yeah. the first few years I was at the golf club. So. Six is a young, young age again, but it's a random number to kind of pull nine out of the hat and kind of say, like, oh, you're not allowed to join, but you're below nine. I uh, know. I don't know what the what the reason for that was right. at the time. But I, I'm sorry. It's your golf club stuff, isn't it? Yeah, your son's only eight and a half. He'll hate to wait six months. <laughs> just mental. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> So you've been at it from six, that's quite young. You know, a lot of people take it up kind of a bit older, 12, 13. I, I didn't properly take it up until I was like 11, 12, though. I kind of messed about with it. I was really just hanging about with my dad the first couple of times I went. I didn't really hit many shots. You're absorbing and, it from him, though, eh? Like that. Uh, yeah. But from about 11, 11 onwards, we were up every day after school. There was about 20 to 30 of us mm-hmm. that met every day at the golf club. And we're all still quite good friends, the kind of junior section that we grew up with. And yeah. not many of them still play golf, unfortunately. David touched on the Big Johnsons too. And, you know, we've had Sean Laurie on here before. He's a big advocate of it. And, uh, you know, it got us thinking, like, how did this start? And what was the driving factors behind starting it? What was the... Um, well, at the time when I played, well, I was going to start the Big Johnsons tour. I was playing on the Alps tour. Mm-hmm. And during the whole month of August in the Alps tour, they never had any events because all the tournaments were played in mainland Europe. Everybody's going out to mainland Europe on holiday, so it was hard for them to get courses. Okay. So John Gallagher had kind of pitched the idea to me, why don't you start something like a big suite, get all the pros together and we'll kind of play for 30, 40 quid and just go for it. Yeah. And why don't you call it? At the time, my brother Scott was calling me Johnson. 
and then Big Johnson caught on and then it just kind of <laughs> rolled on from there. So he went, why don't you call it Big Johnson's Tour? So we had our first event at Mar Hall in 2014. Um, and sure enough, Kylie, she was Kylie Walker at the time now, Kylie Henry, my brother's wife, she beat us all. Same tees round Mar Hall. So <laughs> that was the first event on the Big Johnson's Tour and it kind of kicked on from there. Right, and was there a stewards inquiry into this year at Dunbarney whenever you kind of went around and flirted? Did you have a word with the greenkeepers to try and have the pin positions in the favourable <laughs> pin? Not at all, but before we went out, the pro had said, I see on your local rules, yours are going to play from the black tees at 6,900 yards. How do you feel about, are you sure you want to do that with amateurs playing in the field? I see there's a few kind of 13, 14 handicappers. I was like... Uh, I'm not so sure, but Pete Whiteford was playing, so he went, ah, you need to play off the black tees because from the 6'4 tees, it kind of turns into a bit of a farce from the pro's point of view. So mm -hmm. just go for that. And the pro was like, oh, are you sure that's what you want to be doing? I was like, yeah, the, the guys have paid quite a lot of money to come and play, so let's give them the full course. A lot of them experience, it, exactly. I don't know what he was thinking after I hit shot the nine under. The tour's obviously been disrupted with everything that's going on at the moment. But I mean, will we see it back on the go next year then? And, you know, have you got plans for it for next year? I'm trying to put on some events January, February, March next year. But just sticking with the pro am format again, it's just quite a good way to think there's quite a lot of amateurs out there that want to be playing with pros and playing good courses. And it it definitely helps the amateurs coming on board to boost the pros prize fund. Yeah. And also with the Tartan Pro Tour, now fully up and running, the summer series, just finished the winter series after today's event at Royal Aberdeen. That kind of takes a bit of work off my hands now that uh, Paul, Mikey and Reese are going yeah. to keep pushing ahead with that and give us some more playing opportunities. So <clears throat> it's been brilliant. Yeah, we obviously mentioned that you're playing uh, Dunbarney, but what other um, courses kind of feature on, on Big Johnson's tour? What kind of courses do you play? Um, so we're at the this year with the COVID thing, I had to reschedule a few events. So we went to Ladybank, the Roxborough, and where else did we go? Ladybank, the Roxborough, Dunbarney. I think that was it. Or have I missed somewhere? David's a super fan. He should be able to tell you. <laughs> 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 it's uh, Ladybank's a cracking course, so a little bit I further down towards me, but it's I, I really like Ladybank. Yeah, I think it's been an open qualifying course for quite a few times. The Rocks was obviously held the European Tour school first stage about yeah. four or five times as well. And if we're like obviously we're amateurs and we can enter and, and that, but how do you do it? Do you just go on the website or is it on the like how do you get involved with it? So you can get on the Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, through my website, you can contact me through that or just message through social media and then I'll say, have you got a pro partner? If not, I can pair you up with a pro. That's the details. Confirm your entry by payment to the bank account and I'll keep in touch okay. with you from there with everything COVID regulations was this year, so you had to keep people up to date with what they could do before and after the round and stuff like that. And 
Yeah. Darren, this could be a feature for next year if we, we try and maybe play on one of the big Johnson's tour events. <laughs> Imagine. Who, who, well, who, I can who, share who, the podcast and get a free <laughs> game at the big Johnson's tour. <laughs> who's, who's, who's your pro partner, David? If we, if we get a pro partner for you, who's it going to be? Uh, do we, will we go with somebody that's been on the, on the show? Well, I think I'll, I'll I would. tell you what, right? I'm ruling out Paddy McKenna for you because he's my pro partner. I just think it'd be hilarious. We're going to win, but we'll have fun. It'd be good. <laughs> Ooh, I think I would definitely pick Sam. Sam Locke. I would probably pick oh, Sam. Oh, Sam Locke. A great partner as well. Yeah. We'll have fun. So it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, John, uh, Scottish Par 3. That was a recent win for you. That was brilliant. What was that like for you coming down the stretch? Um, <clears throat> well, I played with Ross Kelly the first day. Oh. We had shot the same score. Ross is a good friend of mine. So we ended up playing again or getting drawn together the next day. Oh. But after the first round, we were out for dinner, a few drinks. There was a squad of us out, Davy Law, Mikey Stewart, Paul Shields. So it was quite a kind of good fun vibe, the Scottish Park 3 this year. Um, unfortunately, there was no amateurs playing like it normally is. It's not my like pro-am. But um, got to play with Roscoe the second day. And uh-huh. we just had great fun the two days. And he kind of kept trying to push push me on. I had went a few under early doors in the second round. And he had fell away. And then he kind of tried to push me on. And he started playing better. So we're all, we're both kind of galloping along. And uh, I managed to get the job done. The last... Three or four holes, I, I don't look at the leaderboard, okay. but Roscoe was like, come on. And so I had seven, six, seven, eight. I had part of a great up and down for the left side on eight in the morning and in the afternoon. And then the ninth in the morning, nine iron, smacked the pin, went to 50 foot. <laughs> and was like, oh my God, that's the best shot I've had. Yeah in weeks and it's went to 50 foot and I was like don't just let it go don't let it uh, rile you up and I went up rolled it in second round hit it to 15 foot and I says right come on boys I roll this one in I beat my brother Scott and that's an it we're running a series this year which is now unfortunately 14-12 in the series to him but I was start during that point of the summer I was starting to make some ground back on him <laughs> I was like, right, come on, boys, I roll this one in. I get another one back in the series against Scotty. And it was Connor Neal was the third man in our group. And he went, what are you talking about? Don't worry about the series. You roll that in, it's going to be quite a big part. So sure enough, rolled it in. And um, the boys who were kind of sniffing about second, third at the time, I thought they would have kicked on and we would have went to the playoff. But fortunately for me, they... He didn't and I managed to lift the trophy, which is brilliant. Nice. All right, good. Um, how, how have you found it playing with no spectators on the courses? Uh, well, we don't normally have many spectators following us, unfortunately. Well, but we'll have somebody there, you know. I mean, it's, it's a bit different. It's not so good not having the spectators, a few extra eyes for ball spotting and stuff like yeah. that. So it'd be good to have a few more out there and giving us a hand and maybe a wee cheer on at the same time. Yeah, definitely. Um, did you take anything away from the win? Like, did you have anything come out of that that you could use to push on? And oh, definitely. I had been playing great in practice all the way through post lock post lockdown, and yeah. um, I was working full time through lockdown. Um, so when we came back to golf, I was working eight to half five, straight up six o'clock tee off time every night, 
you know what I mean? Some of our five or ten or blah blah blah. And I kept taking the money off my mate, and it was a running joke. I should be just stand set up a standing order with you the way you're playing at the moment. Whereas yeah. last year he was taking all the money off me, so it was good good to kind of get playing a bit better and building confidence, and then taking it into tournaments as well. Mm-hmm. What do you work as, John? Um, I work for a car and van rental company called Turner Hire Drive. We've got a branch Glasgow, Perth, Aberdeen, and a couple down south. Yeah. So we were seen to be essential during the lockdown, and they've got some like medical contracting companies that are got accounts with them. They've got accounts with the NHS and stuff like that. Okay. But. One of our biggest customers during the lockdown was companies like DPD and people like that they were delivering to. They were saying they were five times busier than Christmas. Yeah. Put like David buying three sets of blades online. Hammer <laughs> <laughs> in the Amazon account. <laughs> <That's it. laughs> so not not only the 2020 par three champion, but also a key worker. That's that's quite that's, there's a lot of responsibility goes with this kind of Well, region. I was having some jokes about that. Everybody was out clapping for me in the Thursday nights, but that was <laughs> obviously a joke. And... Um, so obviously the tartan culture, I mean, the order of merit, <clears throat> you weren't far off winning that. And with the, it obviously had the potential place in the Scottish Open. Did you watch the Scottish Open whenever it was on? I don't watch much golf on the TV, but um, I watched bits and bits and bobs. That Was it the third day? Or the fourth day, it was absolutely wild. I think it was the third day, yeah. It was okay. absolutely crazy. Yeah. Yeah. What did you make of that? What did you make of the weather and kind of would, you know, would you have wanted to be there, put it that way, and get in, in the middle of it? Well, on the third day, I would definitely, I wanted to be there because it would have been, mean, you had made the cut. Um, but yeah, I don't know if that's karma from last year. They got good weather for Renaissance, didn't they? Mm-hmm. And it wasn't quite set up as tough as what the European Tour maybe expected to have seen it yeah and it had been raining for two weeks before it so it was really soft so it wasn't like yeah, traditional yeah. links golf we were playing but the renaissance fairly bit back this year didn't it definitely it just goes to show how the course can just come completely change uh or the weather can completely change the course you know it's uh, big time oh but that's welcome to scotland you know that's yeah, actual yeah. Scotland conditions the yeah. old course is a great advocate advocate for that I mean, you could play that flat cam and I see guys posting on social media, three or four handicappers always level par or under par around the old course today. I'm thinking, yeah, it definitely wasn't windy today if that's what they're shooting around there. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. If you take the tournament conditions and they're not in a 30, 40 mile an hour wind. See what McElroy done? Remember McElroy shot an 80 or something like that, wasn't mm-hmm. it? After he kind of shot a 63. It just, it just rears its teeth and then you're kind of, there's nothing you can do. Yeah. How do you think you'd have fared in the Scottish Open if you'd have played in, in, that, in those conditions? Uh, do you enjoy playing in those conditions? or? I, no, I, the conditions don't. I mean, I'd rather play flat cam with 30 degrees of sun, but I just enjoy being out in the golf course no matter what the weather is and just try to compete and shoot the best score as a kit you can kind of thing. It's not nice when you're out there playing poorly, though, and it's... You're soaking and it's freezing, but nothing worse. Oh, yeah. Moving on to the nine hole challenge, John. This is uh, the, these are the questions that I really want to hear the answers to. Mm-hmm. Um, Darren, I'll let you lead the way with this. 
Right, okay then, right. So, John, what's your favourite club that you've ever owned over the years? Uh, my favourite club I've ever owned <clears throat> is currently still in my bag. It's a Strixon Utility 18 degree 2 iron with a blue open shaft in it. I've had it for about four or five years now. Um, and it's, I think it's going to be irreplaceable forever. Oh, what is it about it that, you know, is... It's got Stinger written all over it. Ah, it's got Stinger written all over it. If it's, if I've got 240 to a par 5 over water and I need to launch it up, you can hit it up in the air and get it coming down. Or if you want to, if there's a nervous tee shot with trouble left and right, I can just chase that out to about 300 yards, I think. I do, do like what Stinger like, so... Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's, let's start off with a birdie. I like a Stinger. I like these numbers that you're throwing out that you're just poking it to your iron. I, I just need to it to my iron. Well, on London, the right so. course, if it's nice and firm, it can roll out to 300. <laughs> Me and David can hit a 244 iron, but it usually goes 45 degrees to the right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the difference is that ours is carrying 200, Darren, and rolling out to 340. Well, this is true. I don't uh, know. Am I going to get uh, scored on this a bit tougher? Because I'm not from the Northeast. Because... I've okay, listened to a few I've, of the podcasts and I've, I've gave you a birdie for your first one. Oh, so thank you very much. You're doing all right. Greg McBain, he was uh, <laughs> calling out the shots for Paul Laurie. Thought you were too easy on him, didn't you? <laughs> We've been getting shots from every direction. Like after the first few episodes were probably the hardest marked, and then everybody that comes on seems to just be getting birdies ever since. So, yeah. Mikey McDougall, has he got the course record? Who? Mikey McDougall. Okay. Is he not at the top of the leaderboard? Mikey is top of the leaderboard. That was uh, strategically positioned as an amateur up there at the top. You know, <laughs> he's a lovable guy, though. Yeah, really, really true, Mikey. Um, so obviously, you're the director of the Big Johnsons Tour. Mm-hmm. You must have seen some funny things happen over the years. What's uh, the kind of highlight to date? Uh, well, definitely Swangate, <laughs> or Hill with Sean Laurie and Steve Surrey. <laughs> that was hilarious and it probably couldn't have happened in a better three ball of guys uh, just we were already having a bit of a laugh going around that day and good fun and then this one was standing right next to Sean's ball when he was trying to hit his second or third shot I can't remember what it was at the pull out there but it's still one of my one of my favorite stories that we've had on here because you know Sean Sean was on telling us all about it and you know he's describing it as best he can, and you're like, it's probably not as good. And then he, he presents the footage. He can oh, the, the video is brilliant, isn't it's like, it? Oh yes, yeah, so we've got the video to back it up. But the thing is, we were there was like dried old divots lying around. We were trying to like throw the divots at it to kind of chase it along, and just wouldn't budge at all. And then I came out with a pitch mark repairer and the marker to try and chase it on. And had you watched this on a wildlife channel or something with the ball? <laughs> Well, at the, the Euro Pro first stage three or four weeks ago, I was playing with a, a Spanish boy. And I don't even know if swans are a thing out in Spain. But uh, there was a the same, potentially the same kind of thing was going to happen. There was a swan sitting next to his ball. He went up, the swan was hissing. I was about 80 yards away from him at the time. I was like, oh, no, not again. <laughs> and... Uh, he kind of waggled his club at this one and it, it kind of jumped into the water and swam away. So thankfully it wasn't Swan Gate Part 2. So it's a club, a club waggle that we need to use now. Really. Yeah, maybe yeah. that's the that's secret. 
So before I before I kind of give you a grade on this, I'm going to wait until you answer the next question. I'm going to let Darren ask the next question, and whatever Darren whatever Darren scores you in the next question, I'll match it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Right. So we weren't planning on you giving us a Burr Hill bustle. We're going to ask you about the Burr Hill bustle. Uh -huh. Right. That's the next. Sorry I was going to ask you, did Sean fight off the swan or did he cow it away? What was what happened? Like that was what I was going to ask you. You need to hear the real story. Like he definitely. One doesn't listen to this, so you can tell us what really happened. He definitely cowered away. Hence why he was the man with the video. Aye. Cameraman. Sorry. About twenty yards away. Aye. I still like a bird hill bustle. It was good, like. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a birdie, like right? I think you need a birdie for the last answer. He's matching mine, so you're getting a birdie for both. Okay. Thank you. That's what we'll do. We'll move on with birdies. Lovely. What's your favourite major moment, John? Um, <clears throat> I think my favourite major moment was Tiger winning last year in 2019. Just hadn't won a major in so long. Everybody's questioning. Is it going to happen again? And sure enough, he done it, and he done it in style as well. Mm -hmm. However, I'd have loved to have seen Tom Watson uh, win back in Turnbury in, was it 2009? Stuart Sink Stuart ended up winning it. And mm -hmm. Tom Watson kind of threw it away, didn't he? He didn't throw it away, but he was at the front of the green, was he not? And he, no, I think he was at the back of the green. I think his second shot went through the back, and then he kind of he, he hit a, his third shot, and it kind of went to maybe five, six foot, and he hit quite a uh, wheel. Did he, he didn't get up and down, did he? No, I think yeah. that was it. Yeah. I agree with you. That would have been amazing, because I mean, what age was he whenever that, that... I mean, he would have been one of the oldest major winner to... Uh, well, that's what they were uh, trying to big. They were throwing all the stats out there, as he had a few holes to play and stuff like that, and... Yeah, probably doesn't get remembered that much because he didn't win. Mm -hmm. So, what age would he have been then? I, I, I honestly can't remember. I, I think he, he must have been possibly mid to late 50s, I think. Um, because it was Lee Westwood was in the run as well, but he popped it in the bunker, I think, on 18 or something like that. Yeah. And then Stuart Sink was, was, was the overall winner. Of it. But Tom yeah, Watson was, is... 71 years old just now, so... I think he was 59. 59. 59, yeah. Cracky me. Yeah, Tom Watson. Opens, near miss was when he was 59, yeah. I'm going to give you a birdie for that because of, because of the fact that a lot of people... You're right, a lot of people forget about it because of the fact... I mean, if you, it's strange, though, because you, you forget that Stuart Sink has kind of won the Open, but Tom Watson, the whole thing around that open was the fact that Tom Watson was potentially going to win. Do you know? Yeah, and the fact the duel of the sun all those years was, ago as yeah. well. Yeah. So. That was Persian Eagle territory, but I'm going to give you a birdie, John. <laughs> <laughs> uh, John, if you if you could play in one PGA or European Tour event, which one would you want to play in? I think you'd have to play the open at St Andrews, wouldn't you? Home crowds, home of golf. Yeah, you couldn't see past the. I mean, it's not wouldn't be my favourite course, but definitely for the whole, mm -hmm. the whole buzz and everything else to go with it, it's got to be a, an open at St Andrews. That's another good answer. I think that you could be the the home favourite as well, John, if you were oh. playing in the open. That's well, I, could, I could wear my old blue outfit as well on the last day, couldn't I? Exactly. Yeah. 
as I'm watching from the grandstand. That's another birdie. That's a five under three five. A decent going, John. Um, what would be your dream four ball, and what course would you play? Uh, <clears throat> Loch Lomond, sunny day, full hospitality, breakfast, lunch, dinner, <laughs> beers on the course. Um, I'd have to take my brother Scott, so. He'd need to come along with me because he wouldn't be very happy if I was there without him. Um, Tiger Woods and going to have to say Sean Connery. Oh, Sean Connery, yeah. Have to bring the humour. Given the recent, in light of his his passing, I think he'd be a a great. Yeah, I think it's a great. Yeah. Playing golf with James Bond and Tiger Woods. It's quite. It's quite. Uh, And Big Johnson. (laughs) (laughs) So I got a second here. So say right, I'm going to give you an option. So Tiger and Sean are going to play together. Um, So who do you think would win between the Henry brothers and? Um, I think it depends how many shots would be given Sean with a new world handicap system in place. (laughs) But uh, I think the Henry brothers would take them take them down definitely. I like your confidence. And I, I, just, I, admiration of so that kind of confidence against Tiger Woods. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just like forget Tiger. It's just Sean we're worried about. <laughs> um, I'm going to give you a birdie for that. That's a cracking four ball and cracking course. I've never been to Loch Lomond. I've never even seen it, but it's. Uh, I've heard oh, things about it. Definitely, it's the best course I've ever played or golfing experience. As well. Would you be nervous playing with Tiger Woods? Oh, definitely. Nah, I can't see you being nervous. I think so. (laughs) All right, John. Uh, Who would play you in a movie of your life? Bradley Cooper. He's gone for a handsome son, has he? (laughs) I see where he's going with this. (laughs) Why Bradley Cooper? What's your your thinking there? Just think he'd play the part well. Aye. My girlfriend guy. told me the other day I look quite like him. Oh, good, I don't know how many glasses of wine she had at the time, but <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's just because she, I reckon she's probably gotten in your ear there, and she wants to go watch Bradley Cooper in a film about you. That's what well, it. it was after we had watched um, the one with Lady Gaga. What's it called again? Uh, Star is born. Yes, yeah, born. Yeah. 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 Bradley Cooper, eh? <clears throat> Is it because he's a? So you're saying he actually looks like he is, not because he's a versatile actor and he's very. No, I think it's just because he's. <laughs> I think it's just because he's a really good-looking actor, isn't he? <laughs> he's a good actor. That's, that's it. Yeah, I, I'm not even caring if he can't do a Clyde Bank accent. I just want him to be good-looking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll I'll give you a birdie for Bradley Cooper to keep the missus happy. All right. <laughs> If you were to create the greatest all-around golfer, John, what skills would you take from which professionals in order to do so? Well, I'm going to give you a Big Johnson's Tour stroke, Tartan Pro Tour, Scottish edition. I love it. Let's hear it. So we start with the driving and work away. That's the part. Let's do it, yeah. So driving, we're going to go for the Summer Series Tartan Pro Tour Ordre Merit winner, 
sore one for me. <laughs> Neil Fennick. Never seen the guy hit a provisional. Never seen him lose a ball. So we're going to... Neil's the best driver on the Tartan Pro Tour and the Big Johnson's Tour, I'd say. Irons-wise, I would say Scott Henry. Any uh, can hit out the rough. Middle of the fairway, off the tee with the iron. He's never far away from the pin. Uh, wedging. I've got to say it's the 99 Open champ, Paul Laurie. A uh, short game would need to be Ross Kelly. And I've seen that the European Tour put this out the other day, who's the best driver, iron, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So would you need to put bunker play or would that tie in with short game? Uh, you can pick, if you want to pick a different player for bunkers, let's hear okay, it. Yeah, I went Mikey Stewart on the bunker play. Mm-hmm. He's a wizard out of the bunkers. And for the putt, I'm in between Danny Young, or Sean Laurie, but I think the Port and Panther just sneaks it. So Sean Laurie in the putting. Sean Laurie hasn't missed a putt outside, inside 15 foot in about five or six years. So yeah, yeah. I'd probably agree with you. I uh, definitely, I'd love to see his putting stats. Um, and mentality, after playing with him at Port Lethen. John Henry? No, 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 no. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mikey Stewart, he shot three under, from some positions of that golf course, I didn't think were possible. So definitely just get a bit between his teeth and just tried to go as low as he, he shot three under from, yeah. I don't think Michelle Thompson was too happy that day. She was hitting it down the middle of her fairway, onto the green, and at the end of the round, she was two under, he was three under. There's something, imp- that kind of round is so impressive because it's all fine well if you're hitting the ball fantastic, but if you're hitting the ball astray and you can still post numbers. Oh, I, I, it's, it's a talent. It's a talent. It's a great skill to have. Yeah. So <clears throat> I'm going to give you a birdie for that. Okay. Thank you. What what score are we sitting on? We must be... I think under, I'm eight, nine under. Eight, eight under through it. Don't try. Oh, was that only eight holes? Eight holes. Yeah, one, one, one more to go now. This is it. This is where you get jittery because you could be clubhouse leader here. Uh, Lost territory. Hi. <laughs> so if you weren't a pro golfer, what would be your, your dream career? What would you want to do? Um, well, I'd definitely be a businessman. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what exactly I would do. But <clears throat> I had a first interview for The Apprentice in February or March and I was trying to get onto the show but um, it all got cancelled due to the, the yeah. COVID yeah. Oh. so um, I was uh, desperate to go on to it I had only watched it for the first time last year and thought it was amazing and I'm always um, I'd be quite entrepreneurial so I'm always thinking like yeah. I'm always picking guys here that have got businesses and quite successful. And yeah. so, how do you how do you actually make money doing what you do? Blah blah blah. And yeah. yeah. So, I do you want my pitch? Go ahead. Or should I keep it for the apprentice? Oh, keep it. Or should Darren? It's up to you. Is this going to affect my score? It could go albatross. 
I think I think the correct answer to this question would have been, well, of course, I'd want to be uh, like senior management for Turner Higher Driver. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I don't think we need to hear your pitch. We'll keep that for the show. That way, you've got to keep trying to get on and make sure you. Ah, uh, definitely. Well, businessman. Oh, well, what, what, what's the appeal for you with the businessman thing? Is it the the briefcase suit? Combo? No, 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 is no, it no the, just the finishing the sale, chasing the business, and turning an idea into money. That kind of. I and like trying to give people jobs and keep people in a job and all that. I, I know it is very stressful for people out there, especially this day and age. But yeah. I think that's that would be quite a good drive for me. That yeah. Davy works in accounts, has got two kids, and yeah, yeah, yeah. if I don't keep bringing the business in or whatever, the two kids aren't going to, going to, go to, going to get fed tonight or whatever, I would think mm. that would be a lot of pressure, of course, but and maybe thinking too far into it, but I'd definitely be something that would drive me for that. The Wolf of Wall Street, the Wolf of Clyde Bank. The Wolf of Clyde Bank. I'll, uh, I'll give you a birdie, right? But that's on the basis that if it ever happens, I'm wanting you to give me a job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Guns for hire. I'm sure we'll be looking for valors. <laughs> <laughs> right, nine under for your, your nine holes. That's a good score. I like that. Impressive, John. So have you beat Sean? I think you have. Oh, Sean got pumped, I. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh. What? So... How do we go into a playoff with us? This is what we need to... We're going to have to come up with an idea of this, but you won't be in the playoff, John, because it's 10 under makes a playoff. <laughs> now, oh, is it, have I not watched enough episodes to realise that 10 under's leading? 10 under's leading. Mikey McDoodle, you know yourself. Mikey McDoodle's the top man. I think Mikey... Who is it, Darren? I think top of the leaderboard is maybe Mikey... Um, uh, I thought Mikey was nine. Mikey, I think Mikey was 10. Uh, oh, was he? Sorry, I, I had in my head he was Mikey uh, Paul, Kev Duncan, Phil McLean, Hannah McCook. Sean, oh, geez, oh, there's a lot of 10 unders been scored here. Amazing how you forget, eh? Should we put John up there at 10 just, just for the... Should we put him up there just for the playoff? <laughs> yeah, he can negotiate, he can negotiate a, uh, a shot gained or something. <laughs> a stroke? From not coming from the northeast, I get an extra shot. That's it. I WHS adjustment for being for Glasgow. <laughs> an extra shot. Last part then, we'll go on to the quick fire questions. So John, would you rather shank it or miss a top in? Uh, sorry, I know it's quick questions. Uh, miss a tap in. Uh take a buggy or walk for the eighteen holes. Take a buggy. Iron head covers and no head covers. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Iron head covers or no head covers? Bear in mind the guy. No, got no head back. covers. <laughs> Absolutely no head covers. You shouldn't be allowed on the golf course if you get iron head covers. We need to come back to the head cover thing, right? But, uh, windy or still conditions? Still. Wooden tea or castle tea? Wooden tea. <laughs> Yardage book or range finder? Uh, yardage book. Blade or cavity? Cavity. Stinger or stratosphere ball? Uh, stratosphere ball. White trousers or shorts? Shorts. Chip or putt? Chip. 
Layup or all out? All out. Tin cup or Happy Gilmore? Tin cup. <clears throat> Pardon me. Wow. Yes, on yourself, John. Wow. Is this just because the uber fan of the Big Johnson's tour is in East Tin Cup? Have you found this out? <laughs> no, I just think Tin Cup you can relate to more to your own golf than Happy Gilmore's about fantasy, isn't it? You've never seen me play golf yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, like how many golfers must be out there that they're playing for the handicap and on the 17th, 18th, yeah. keep throwing their rounds away and they don't get cut or mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah, sounds fair. So the the head cover thing, right? Me and David were chatting about this with Scottish Open with Aaron Rye. Mm-hmm. He's got like a full bag of head covers. He's wearing two gloves and he plays with castle tees. Unbelievable! Like just when you think twenty twenty, kind of throw anything else at you. <laughs> and he won on the European Tour last year. He wins the Scottish Open with head covers, two gloves, and castle tees. And then he was doing well down at Wentworth as well, wasn't he? I think he was, that. I don't know. Maybe he's onto something. I don't think he is. No, he's definitely not. <laughs> There's guys at my club that say they use the uh, iron covers because when they go to resell them, it keeps their oh, the re- protect the resale value, of course. <laughs> uh. Come on, man. <laughs> so, who would you recommend we have on next, John? If you were to pred- suggest a guest to come on, who would you think would be a uh, good? Who have you had on? How many is in now? He's over 20, you know? I think so, yeah. Over, yeah. Just over yeah. 20, yeah. Who, obviously, the Tartan Pro, there's, there's quite a few players you're kind of playing with in the round. Who would you kind of... Well, what about the Order of Merit winner, Neil Fennick? Yeah. The Hutch, Greg Hutchin would be a great guest to have on. A good shout, yeah. We'll have to maybe touch base with these guys and see if we but can... Maybe send them six cans of tenants or something like that, just so he's <laughs> right up for it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to touch base with them though but so John thank you very much for taking the time and coming to speak to Darren and I and answering some of the questions it's uh, it's been good to get insight into the obviously hearing people talking about the Big Johnson's tour and, and things like that and it's just interesting to speak to the person that started kind of find out a little bit about it and kind of gives people up here the opportunity to get to know it and if they want to enter an event and that you know get involved get involved yeah absolutely i just and again people that want to find out about facebook and that's the best place for it yeah yeah definitely any of the social media so they're big johnson's too right awesome cool right thanks again john thanks for having me guys cheers